Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers did not get walked off on. They actually won a game thanks to Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw has been great this season. How much more does he have? Can he get a big milestone this season? We'll get into that. David Peralta had a big game. He's had a good month of May heading into June. We've got to talk about him, talk about the offense. And then we'll get into Austin Barnes, who was eight, injured late in the game, and what the Dodgers can do if that injury becomes an IL stand. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube if you search for Locked On Dodgers. And if you want to become a part of our group, the everydayers, the people that listen every single day, all you got to do is listen every single day. How can you make that easier on yourself? By subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. So you get the notification directly to you every single weekday morning when we're here live for you. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Samperio. That's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we're both lifelong Dodger fans that have spent time covering the team, been in the press box, been in the locker room, been all over Dodger Stadium, been around the country watching the Dodgers. We've watched a lot of Dodger baseball in our lives, and uh, we think that helps us bring you some smart fans perspective on the boys in blue. That's what we're here to do to bring you today. The Dodgers had an early game on Thursday, 930 uh, Pacific time, ended up winning 6-0. Clayton Kershaw went seven innings, didn't allow any runs, racked up some strikeouts. And then Taylor Scott, who was on the roster because Noah Syndergaard officially went on the injured list. Finished out the game. So the Dodgers only had to use two pitchers, which was huge. And yeah, Jeff, I mean, we're going to talk more about Clayton Kershaw specifically in the second segment of this show. But uh, just real quick, you know, Kershaw again remains the stopper for the Dodgers. Yeah, it was nice to see the Dodgers pitching hold a lead. And the big key to that was Kershaw giving them length. And so, you know, basically in order to overcome a six-run deficit, you have to chip away. And that's what the Reds had done the last couple of days, overcoming big deficits. They chipped away. And Kershaw never gave him that opportunity when they, you know, they had a couple potential rallies and he squashed them. And, you know, that one in the, what was it, the sixth inning when they had first and third, nobody out. That was huge. Like that was their chance to get back in the game. And, you know, first and third, nobody out. Ellie De La Cruz up to, up to the bat and Kershaw strikes him out, gets a pop-up, another strikeout. First and third, nobody out. You expect to get at least one run. And the question is, can you turn it into a big inning? Instead, they got nothing. And I think that that sixth inning sealed the game for the Dodgers. And that was something that they have struggled with the last four games or so is getting those big innings when they need them. When, you know, when the other team is threatening, can you shut them down and, and demoralize them? And that's what Kershaw was able to do. Yeah. And it worked out perfect. The offense once again, scored six runs, uh, scoring runs wasn't an issue in this. They scored 20 runs over the three games. So that only came out with one win from it. Not ideal, but hey, you know, it works out. They won the last one. You have a happy flight to Philadelphia. I don't know how happy you are to be in, in that uh, environment right now with all the Canada fires kind of pushing into the top of the East Coast. But we'll see what happens with the Dodger games uh, the next few days if they end up playing or not. I would imagine they will. But one big guy, one guy that had a big 
game yesterday. Freddie Freeman had a couple hits and a couple RBI. You know, other than that, uh, the Dodgers really only scored in two innings or did only score in two innings. The third and the fourth inning, they put up a couple three run innings. Uh, but one guy that had a really great game the entire game was David Peralta. He went four for five, had a couple RBI there in the five spot. We've talked about him a little bit, you know, recently. He had a really good month of May. He's, he was hitting over 300 OBP, you know, nearing 400. He seemingly has found himself a little bit. It's kind of hard because, like, if you watch on a daily basis, you might notice that Peralta has been hitting well. But then when you look at the numbers, you don't realize how well he's been hitting. So, you know, it, some of it is he gets lost a little bit in the lineup. He's moving around a lot. And, you know, maybe you remember the bad stuff more than the good stuff when it comes to him. But he's starting to, you know, prove himself in this lineup. And with him, with Hayward, you know, kind of holding serve in terms of being at least pretty good, uh, you kind of forget that Outman hasn't been that great lately. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Peralta, it kind of shows how bad he was at the beginning of the year that even after this hot month, his OPS is still 650. His OPS plus is still right around 70, still 30% worse than league average overall. But, you know, uh, we don't worry about overall numbers. We worry about how is the guy hitting right now? Because if Peralta can hit the rest of the season about the way he has the last month, they'll be just fine. It is interesting to me, though, that he's still not hitting for any power. He still only has nine extra base hits all year, uh, only two home runs, and... Peralta is a big power hitter. He, you know, he's hit as many as 30 home runs back in 2018 for the D-backs. He is, he's, he's a home run hitter. And if you look at his career, his career home run rate is 2.8%. Uh, this year it's 1.4. You know, at, at his peak, he was, you know, anywhere between, yeah, I mean, two and a half to to four and a half percent home run rate. And this year it's two or 1.4%. And so uh, the good thing is his strikeout rate is also a lot lower this year than it usually is. So is his walk rate. It's it's weird that I mean he's just had a weird year. Uh, I'd love to see him walking a little bit more, uh, but the way those walks come is by hitting more home runs. Because right now he's a guy. Pitchers are still pitching to him because they're not expecting him to do major damage. If he keeps getting hits, you know they'll they'll stop pitching to him quite as much. But the fact is, you don't worry about throwing strikes to a singles hitter uh, because worst case scenario he hits a single off you. Peralta, I think, to really, really become what the Dodgers would hope he is and what they hoped he was when they signed him, he's going to have to hit a couple home runs, start, you know, or at least some doubles, start hitting the ball harder so that pitchers do have to be a little more careful around him because that will allow him to get on base more often, you know, get get those power numbers, everything about that. But I, I guess what I the reason I brought that up is because I want to ask you, Vince, is if Peralta hit the way he has the last month for the rest of the season. Are you happy with that? From him, yeah. I, I don't I didn't have big expectations from him coming into it, especially, you know, based on how he finished the season last year. I didn't, you know, I expected at this point, I don't know, I don't know, I didn't expect him to be, you know, recovered this well. So yeah, I'd be happy with what it is, but I would still want the Dodgers to go try to get bigger bats at the deadline. Yeah, because he even as well as he's been hitting his OPS during this, you know, his hot streak basically started on May 1st, um, he, April 30th. After that game, his his season OPS was down at a season low 416 or a season low after a reasonable sample size. Uh, since then, it's it's a little over 800 uh, and over 800 is, is awesome. But I mean, that's like 10 percent better than league average. And so, yeah, we'll take that from a, a fourth or fifth outfielder. 
but it, it's yeah, it, like you said, it's not enough to make you say, "Oh, well, our outfield problems are solved. We don't need to be in the outfield market at the trade deadline." And I'd love if he could just hit a few more home runs, take a few more walks. I think he could be a guy that makes you say, "Okay, we 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 don't need an outfielder." If if that OPS was more like 850, 870, somewhere around there, then you know your problems are solved. Because uh, and my worry is, you know, he that that uh, OPS over eight hundred is very heavily contingent on. He's batting like 320 during that time. And I don't know that David Peralta is a 320 hitter. And so it's like he's going to come back to earth, and I feel like he's going to need to supplement coming back to earth by hitting some home runs. Yeah, and you know, realistically, that's what it comes down to because you look at his slugging over the last week, it's 522. You look at it over the last two weeks, it's 477. But then you go back that whole 30, you know, 30 games, which is essentially almost an entire hot streak, and it's only at 394. So like, Recently, he's been hitting more doubles, hasn't hit no home runs, but he's still not, you know, bringing that that production. And it, it kind of depends too, I guess. I mean, if he's your number five hitter, or occasionally he's going to be your number five hitter, you would like some more of that power. If he's going to be down at the bottom, starting against, you know, righties only, you could get by with it. But again, like you said, it's not going to stop the Dodgers from going out and improving the team. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, as we mentioned, had a great game. We'll talk a little bit more about that game. We'll talk about what we expect the rest of the season. Clayton Kershaw has already made 13 starts. He hasn't made more than 22 starts the last two years. Three years if you count the COVID year, but uh, he wouldn't have made 22 starts that year anyways. And he's nearing a milestone that could be contingent upon how much he pitches the rest of the season. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode Brought to you by Game Time. If you've ever been stressed about last-minute tickets and you don't know which app to use because there's so many, and then the fees and everything else, and you know there's a lot going on, Game Time is there for you. You can search for your tickets. You know the all-in price. You can see what it is with fees with everything else. You don't got to worry about you know seeing a, a difference in price once you click checkout. You can look at the all-in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got images of seat views. They got the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They got a bunch of stuff there. I personally have used Game Time a few times this season, especially for Dodger games. They've actually been the cheapest option on the market for a few Dodger games this year. So go check out Game Time app. It's the place for last minute ticket deals. And remember, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. You can also find us on SiriusXM or the SXM app if you search Locked On Dodgers which is how you can listen to the home broadcast of every Dodger game. Dodgers play in Philadelphia tonight. If you can't listen or if you can't watch, you can always listen. SiriusXM, SXM app, search Dodgers, get the home broadcast, and uh, you'll, you'll know what's going on with the game. All right, Jeff. So, like I mentioned, Clayton Kershaw, seven innings yesterday, you know, started racking up strikeouts. Looking at his year so far this year, you know, he had a few starts there the last in, last month where he struggled a little bit, but he's picked it up last two starts, gone seven innings each time out. And Kershaw's having a really good season in terms of obviously being healthy so far. 
But he's also having a good season in terms of strikeouts, right? Yeah, he's at uh, 93 strikeouts now this year. He's at 2,900 exactly for his career. So he's 100 away from 3,000. Coming into the season, we didn't really give him much chance of getting to 3,000, but that was because we didn't give him much chance of pitching a full season. And as it is now, he's the only Dodgers starter who hasn't been on the injured list this year. Uh, And, you know, I, I still, if I had to put money on, will Clayton Kershaw be healthy the whole season? I'd probably have to choose no, but he seems very healthy, you know, and there's, there's always been nagging things, little things here and there. And, and I think most of the years that he's ended up on the injured list by this point in the season, we've started to get inklings of that, you know, either he was already injured or, you know, there were already indicators and yeah, he struggled in May, but none of it seemed to be health related. It was just ineffectiveness. And so, you know, he's made 13 starts and he struck out 93 batters. That is, what is that? I don't know, seven, seven, just over seven per start. 70 to 91. Yeah. Um, but realistically, I mean, his strikeouts per nine is, is about 11. Uh, and, and so if he could pitch six innings per, per start, that is what's two thirds of 11. Come on, Vince. Uh, that's about seven, eight, eight strikeouts per game. So if he, if he needs a hundred strikeouts, eight strikeouts per game, that's 12 to 13 starts, 12 and a half starts. Uh, even 13 starts would just give Kershaw 26 for the year. That even allows for missing six starts. And so as we get this far in the season, it becomes more and more likely that he's going to get those starts that he needs. And with the strikeouts he getting, he's getting, it really does seem like there's a real chance at 3,000. Obviously, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm finding all the wood I can find in my office right now to knock on. Um, but if he could stay healthy, even reasonably healthy, enough to make 26 to 28 starts, uh, he, I, I feel like he'd be in very good position to get to 3,000 strikeouts. As you remember, my prediction before the season was that the Dodgers would win the World Series and then Clayton Kershaw would retire. Uh, obviously, I don't want Kershaw going anywhere, but if he did get to 3,000 strikeouts and the Dodgers win the World Series, like what a, what better way to go out? Finish, you know, get 3,000 strikeouts in your last or second to last start of the season and then go out and win your second World, World, World Series championship? That's basically a, a formal invitation to ride off into the sunset into fatherhood. And, uh, you know, I don't want Kershaw ever to retire, but I can't imagine a better scenario than that, really. Yeah. And, you know, that would be an ideal situation. My thing that I've kind of been thinking about is, you know, with Kershaw being kind of that guy for the rotation this year, I mean, he's already had a few times where he's had to save the bullpen and he's done so. Uh, and, you know, still being that that stopper that we've, been counting on for you know 10 12 years now or a little even a little bit more is you know do the dodgers let him keep going out there the entire season even if he like doesn't get like doesn't get hurt so like if kershaw is healthy do they make him or do they allow him to make 30 starts now obviously at some point they'll probably do some six-man rotations just in general just for everybody else's sake and also kershaw's sake but i'm just kind of thinking like you know Kind of the discussion I want to have is, yeah, if Kershaw stays healthy, would the Dodgers make let him make 30 starts this year? I don't think so. And, and that's why I'm kind of glad that he's got a little bit of wiggle room there because he doesn't need to make 30 starts to hit the personal milestone. I don't think they would make too many decisions based on personal milestones. But I do. Th- I mean, we've seen that Clayton Kershaw is 
treated differently by the Dodgers than a lot of people are. Uh, and so I do think that as he gets closer to 3,000, they will be cognizant of that. But I do think that they could skip a start here, six-man rotation there. He could stay healthy the whole year and still only make 28 starts. And that should be plenty. That's 15 more starts. I, I was just looking at strikeout rates. 2017, he had 202 strikeouts, uh, and he made 27 starts that year. And his strikeout rate this year is higher than it was that year. And so, you know, if he can get to 27, 28 starts, it's almost guaranteed he's going to get that that strikeout number. And so I think, uh, obviously, in the Dodgers' perfect world, he'd have some great starts and, and, you know, they'd play well and jump out. And they could give him, you know, some time off in September to get ready. Hey, you know what? You're you're pitching every seventh day instead of every fifth day all month long. Uh, but, yeah, I think that there is room to – to do both. And I don't think they want him making 30 starts in the regular season because they want him making five or six starts in October. Yeah. And you know, that's where I'm at is even if he's healthy, I don't think they'll let him pitch this way the rest of the season. They're going to, you know, they'll figure some stuff out if, the, but also, you know, when, if, you know, injuries continue to pile up or continue to you know stay out there, you know, there might be a point where they need him. And that's kind of what I, you know, don't want to get into is they've needed him in regular seasons before to either just make the playoffs, win the division, whatever. And, you know, we've seen maybe some of the results of that come out in October or when he's had to throw, you know, on, on short rest in October in general. But I don't think, you know, obviously they're not going to ride him right now at the, his age that he's at and everything else. So, you know, this kind of contingent on everyone else to obviously staying healthy is not really their choice. You know, obviously everyone wants to stay healthy, but, you know, for everyone to kind of contribute, their way um and then the dodgers can kind of supplement that with either guys coming up from the minors or you know if they make some trades and everything else so yeah i think it's been fun to watch um but you know as somebody that watches with you know the the eye ahead to the rest of the season it's just like okay like at this point we're used to Kershaw either being hurt already or you know missing a start because of thing and then he ends up missing a month after that so uh, it is you know trying to tread those waters without I mean, I'm excited that he's pitching so well, but there's a little bit of that pessimism there. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I have a hard time being objective when it comes to Kershaw because I do care almost as much about his personal success as I do about the Dodgers' success, uh, and that's not the case for anybody else. Uh, and so for for me, yeah, I, I am heavily invested in the 3,000 strikeouts this year, and, and you know, the fact is, if he has another hot couple months, we could be looking at a potential Cy Young contender, you know, because nobody in the National League is really running away with the Cy Young this year. Kershaw's ERA after a rough May, his season ERA is back below three now. I think it's, what, 295? And so, I mean, if he's 18-4 and four with, a, with a two and a half ERA, he's a legit Cy Young contender, you know? Uh, and, and so that's another thing that, if he's the front runner for Cy Young, it'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers do say, you know, we're going to skip you in a start right here. Uh, knowing we saw last year with, with Julio, you know, it was the lack of innings that cost him the Cy Young award or that, you know, may have cost him the Cy Young award, or maybe that allowed him to be as dominant as he was, depending on how you look, look at it. Tony Gonson was a front runner for the Cy Young at what was he 17 and one or whatever, when he got hurt. And so, uh, you know, Innings and games really do really do matter. Even wins matter. Pitcher wins don't matter as much as they used to. But uh, you know, 
it, it'll be interesting to see how they tread the water, how they uh, thread the needle between team success and personal accomplishments. Yeah. Uh, one guy that Clayton Kershaw stood up for after the game was Austin Barnes. He got hit by a pitch, came out of the game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the little situation or what Kurt, what bothered Kershaw about it and what the options are if Austin Barnes is going to injure this. So that's what's on tap. So stay with us, Locked On Dodgers. Bird Dogs. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And, you know, first and foremost, Bird Dogs are shorts and pants. Um, I'm going to talk about the shorts because I'm not a pants guy. So Bird Dogs make you look good. That's, you know, first and foremost, who doesn't want to look good? who doesn't want to be comfortable while they look good. And that's the second part of bird dogs is, you know, Lululemon, I know they have men's clothing now, but you know, Lululemon, maybe you're not, you know, as uh, you don't want to wear Lululemon. You want to wear, you want to wear something comfortable, but you don't want to be under the Lululemon umbrella. That's what bird dogs is here for. Cause they're comfortable. They fit better. They got regular shorts. They're not stiff. They, you know, you can move around. Like if, you know, if you like to be an active guy, but also wear, you know, shorts that don't look like basketball shorts and bird dogs are there for you. They stretch out, you know, so you don't need to, you don't need to be, t- you know, too slim, slimmer fit. They got you there. They stretch out you can move around and they got anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Perfect for LA summers. Although this LA summer hasn't quite been in LA summer yet. Um, but you know, either way, bird dogs are there. They're there for you to be comfortable. They're there for you to look good. They're there for you to not make you stink if you sweat a lot. So right now, if you go to birddogs.com slash MLB and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB, you can get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, we are back, and like I mentioned, Austin Barnes hit by a pitch in the top of the ninth, I think, or eighth, one of those innings, came out of the game, and after the game, you know, Dave Roberts mentioned that he got an x-ray, that I think it ended up being the x-ray is negative. Um, Austin Barnes talked about it, and he said, didn't feel too good, but it seems like it's all right. First test seems like there's no broken bones or anything. It hit me kind of on the meteor part, but it's going to hurt, though. It didn't feel good. But on top of that, real quick, you know, Clayton Kershaw talked about Austin Barnes getting hit, and he took some offense to Reds manager David Bell intentionally walking Outman to get to Austin Barnes, and then Austin Barnes ends up getting hit by the pitch. He said, quote, pretty ridiculous. They walked the guy in front of him, too. I don't agree with that or a lot the manager did this series. It was a 6-0 game. And they're intentionally walking, you know, James Outman, who hasn't been that good anyways, to guess to Austin Barnes, who has been worse, but did have a couple hit, or did have a big hit earlier in that game. Yeah, he had his two hardest hit balls of the season in this game. Uh, and yeah, it is. Uh, I, I feel like Kershaw was offended partly as, as Barnes's friend, but also partly just as a competitor. Like, man up, dude. It's six to nothing. You're. I know they've made comebacks, but like I said earlier, they had those comebacks in the first two games by chipping away. You, you're you not going to win this game. And so intentionally walking a dude, especially there were two outs, weren't there? I think there was even two outs. So you're not setting up a double play. There's no strategic move other than I, I'm afraid to pitch to James Outman. I'd rather pitch Austin Barnes. And in a game that you already lost, like it was ridiculous. And, and I feel like, you know, Obviously, Barnes getting hit afterwards compounds that in, in Kershaw's mind. But I think mostly it was Kershaw like, 
I think Kershaw would have revolted if Dave Roberts called for him to walk a guy in that situation. We'd be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I think Kershaw would have argued with the umpire. No, put him back in the box. I'm not walking this dude. I can get this guy out. And uh, yeah, it, it was, I, I said out loud when, when you know, because Outman took ball one and then I see him taking off his shin guard. I'm like, are they really walking a dude in a six nothing game? I, it, it was, it was remarkably stupid. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be interested to, I, I wish we could get inside Kershaw's head to know what other things he's referring to about David Bell. Um, I mean, Bell and got to be when he thought Syndergaard hit Spencer Steer on purpose. Like, bro, yeah, like this is no not in that, not in that, uh, headspace. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you know, Bell got ejected from the first game of the series for arguing balls and strikes, but that umpire was terrible. I uh, used terrible both ways. And so it's hard to, I, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to get ejected in a game like that where he missed 85,000 calls, but the, the overall score was like barely in the Dodgers favor. And so it's and like, you he know, got what? ejected after a pitch that was actually the right. Yeah. Call. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's funny how that always works. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you could be terrible. Even Muncie, like when Muncie got ejected a couple of weeks ago, he's had plenty of bad calls against him, but the one that he actually got ejected over, was actually probably the right call or at least very close to the right call. And so, yeah, so I I, uh, I assume it was about the Syndergaard thing, um, but yeah, it seems like Kershaw doesn't have any uh, love lost for for David Bell, and uh, I guess Kershaw probably won't be signing with the Reds this offseason. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. But yeah, I mean, in the moment, you're just kind of like, really, like just for the fact of uh, you're walking Outman to get to Barnes. Now the now the fact that it hurts the Dodgers after the fact is a little more annoying, and maybe you know that's obviously that's why Kershaw's annoyed, but. If Austin Barnes does have to go on the injured list, you know, they, the Dodgers have a top catching prospect who is on the 40 man Diego Cartaya. He's not going to come up. Dave, they asked Dave Roberts about it and he kind of, you know, basically said the same thing. He said, Diego is more of a long term play. Obviously, we have a couple guys in AAA who are not on the roster, so we'd have to make a 40 man move. So some of those guys on the AAA roster that they'd have to make a 40 man move for Hunter Fiducia, Dave Fritas, and Patrick Mazika. Last time, when Will Smith got hurt, they Austin Wins had just gotten DFA'd by the Giants, so they ended up picking him up. I don't remember seeing anybody recently getting DFA'd. Um, the one was Gary Sanchez, but the Padres picked him up, and he's actually been pretty decent for them. But, yeah, Jeff, if, if Austin Barnes does have to go on the injured list, do you have a preference of any of those guys? I, I do, but I'm not sure. Like, Hunter Fiducia is the one of those three who hasn't been in the big leagues yet, and so just for him, you'd love to see it be him. Um, the problem is it depends on what their long-term plan is with the roster spot because right now they already have one catcher on their 40 man roster who isn't going to play in the big leagues this year. I don't think they're going to want to have two guys on the 40 man roster, two catcher, two minor league catchers on the 40 man roster. That's just not efficient use of the roster. And so they'd probably rather go with Mazika or Freitas who they could DFA once Barnes is ready to come back. And so that's like working against fiducia unless, I mean, if, if the scan comes back, the, the follow-up scan after the swelling's gone down a little comes back and Barnes's hand is actually broken, his wrist is broken, then we're looking at he's out, you know, six weeks, eight weeks. Well, then maybe you go with Hunter Fiducia and you put Barnes on the 60-day IL, all that stuff, and and you're not worried about wasting a roster spot that way because you could actually keep Fiducia on the 40-man. But if it really is, like, I could see them, even if it's not broken, putting Barnes on the 10-day IL just to, to let it rest. Uh, but if if it was that, it seems like it would be either Mazika or Freitas just because they are more easily DFA'd when the time comes. Yeah, and that makes the most sense. You know, I know 
you know, obviously Robert talked about it and we see, you know, Cartaya's had a hot streak, you know, recently in double A and you, you know, you get excited about it, but realistically, I don't see a way that happens right now. Even if it was broken and Barnes is out for like two months, I don't see there's a way it's in. So yeah, in that scenario, the way you laid it out makes the most sense. Now, if someone else around the league gets maybe DFA'd here in the next day or so, then they can go that route as well. I don't, you know, obviously I don't really have a the list of free agent catchers. I doubt there's anybody out there that's not already on somebody's radio or somebody's roster that would make sense and somebody that's already in the organization. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, I mean, the main reason it's not going to be Cartaya is because there's a backup catcher role. They already have Will Smith. And the most important thing for Diego Cartaya is play and not every day because no catcher plays every day, but get play regularly. And whoever gets called up is going to be playing even less often than Austin Barnes has probably. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, Jeff, you got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, I guess this wraps it up for the week, huh? It does wrap it up for the week. Like I mentioned, Dodgers are in Philadelphia this weekend. They had the game postponed on Wednesday. I think they played Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So it might be cleared up by then, but just on the monitor. And then Dodgers come back home next week. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check out our show every weekday morning. Um, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Uh, just search Locked on Dodgers. Where you should also, you can listen to the home broadcast for every game. Just search Dodgers on SiriusXM or the SXM app. You can become an everydayer by listening every single weekday morning or at least being inclined to want to listen every single weekday morning. We appreciate those of you who already are everydayers. We appreciate those of you who are going to listen to this episode and be like, you know what, I want to be an everydayer now. So, Props to you. Go listen. You know, you can listen and watch if you want, you know, get get double those views. We're not going to be mad at that. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's 91. DMs are open on all those accounts. If you have a reason to get a hold of us, you can also get a hold of us via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Terry Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.